experience the ripple effect. This is the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. A nonprofit organization established in 2007 to provide powerful leadership training to the youth of our communities. And now, here's your host, by board member, co-owner of Rapport International and certified trainer, Brett Johnston. Hello and welcome back to the Empowering Youth Podcast. I'm Brett Johnston. I'm JJ Chinowski. I'm Rebecca Reeves. I'm Bradley Briggs. And I want to introduce our guest tonight. Um, and, it's, and it's fun to have her here. But first of all, she's 19 years old. She lives here in Ogden, Utah. She is a teen leadership breakthrough graduate. And she was very excited to come get on the podcast. So uh, Janessa Coleman, welcome. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. So you know what this is all about. You've had an opportunity to listen to some of the podcasts and uh, what made you, you know, get excited or even think about coming on and, and just sharing your story? I kind of just wanted to share like the things I've been through because I think I've been through a lot and putting that into the world and just people probably can relate to what I've been through. And I hope so, because back when I was like little or in junior high, no one really, I didn't have no one to talk to. So, well, let's start, you know, think back, um, 19, uh, every, every couple of years seems like a lifetime. So I want you to think back to, you know, as, as far back as you want to start and, and let's just hear your story. Let's dive in. So I was born and raised in Ogden, Utah, and I went to Ben Lomond. O-Town. O-Town, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I was raised with my mom. She's a single mom, and it was, it was hard growing up. What's your mom's name? Her name's Leanne Coleman, yeah. So I was, it was hard growing up just with a single mom, and she had to do everything. So it's kind of like it was hard growing up, but it's also like looking up to her is just really good. Like she's like a leader to me. So it was nice, but it was probably started in like when I was in probably four, when like it just started getting really rough. That's when my dad went to prison and that's kind of when it just started like my, just started going downhill. I feel like I always say like I grew up with a, with a hard life and I didn't, I rolled with that for a while because I was just like that's my life. I kind of put that into like, that's how I'm going to be. That's how it's always going to be. But we call that our belief system. Yep. It's, it's <laughs> if BS. we tell ourselves that enough, that's what we believe. Oh yeah. I think I went all the way till junior high Yeah. with that just mentality. And that like, started at four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I just went into that mentality where that was like, that's my life. That's how I'm always going to be. It's always going to be like that. And it was hard growing up without a dad. And just having my mom, I mean, she's fun and everything. And, but it's hard. Like, I kind of wanted someone to be more like disciplined and everything, but. But mom was mom. Yeah. Mom was mom. And and mom was the one they they got to take care of you. Yeah. She was more of like, you're my baby. And like, so it was, it was good having her, but like, also it was a responsibility just being my mom's baby because my sisters and, um, brothers and everything they are kind of not good either how many how many brothers sisters so i have two sisters and one brother and what's their names um it's davette amber and then david and you're at what where do you lie in the brothers and sisters so i'm the baby you are the yeah. baby. Nice. okay <laughs> yeah nice so all 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 the big older siblings yes yep. so it was it was hard trying to grow up around all 
them because they didn't a lot of them got into like the abusing of drugs and one of my sisters has a mental illness so and one of them had a baby at a super young age so it was like always like you need to do good you you can't mess up you can't do do anything wrong like you have to be perfect so growing up with that mentality i was like oh i have to always i have to always be perfect i have to always do this and that but growing up that way i put that also in my mentality of just i can't I can't mess up i have to do good for my mom so it was it was hard growing so up. So you feel like um you you felt like you were gonna let your mom down? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that was like one of my even through high school growing like growing up, I was just like, oh, I can't let her down. I have to do everything perfect, which I tried, and then that's when like I think that mentality got into a little bit of a. You didn't try. Yeah. Y- you were. I was like forced. To, yeah. <laughs> to, to do good, but it kind of got into like um, I'm doing so good that I'm not being me. I'm being a version of her that she wants me to be. Mm-hmm which I love my mom so much, wow. but people, and I feel like just in this generation, like you have to be so picture perfect. So growing up that way and then just trying to be good for her, it's just really hard. I want to talk about that picture perfect, this generation. What does that mean to you? I mean, we, we talk about social media a lot, oh, yeah. but you know, from, from our standpoint, like we still don't even get it. I, I know that my kids, you know, they fight to be able to do any kind of social media platform imaginable. And, and we're pretty resistant to a lot of those things um, just because, you know, we hear a lot of stories and we've also experienced some of it. So what does that mean to you? I would say try to keep them away from social media as much as possible. Um, we don't try to. No, yeah, we do it. <laughs> yeah. Good. It's, yeah. So, so keep them away from social media. Oh, yeah, like, I would. Do you think that there is a healthy piece in social media? Um, I think like during COVID, how everyone didn't get to see each other. I mean, you got to see your friends over online and I think that was healthy because I mean, on COVID I was doing all online. Like I never went to school, not a day. So in that way, just the sense of seeing people was, is really good. Do you think that, I mean, I, I look at it and I go, you know, somebody snaps somebody something and they're wanting to get the, the, the friendship or the confidence from it or you know, I relate to Facebook, but we're old. Yeah. Oh, I have Facebook too. I love Facebook. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, Instagram and stuff. But it's like, you know, sharing a little snapshot, but most of the things that are shared are like, you know, I call it the sunshine and rainbow, right? The 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 positive. Oh yeah, I know know what that is. I actually just recently deleted my Instagram because I felt like, I was just talking to a friend about this. I felt like I was putting on a facade. I was posting things that weren't making me happy. Like I was like, oh, I have to post this. Because, oh, I look pretty or like just in this generation, it's all about mostly looks. And I feel like it is a facade. Everyone, I mean, everyone's putting on an act every day. Like you could be putting on an act to be happy or like, but I was doing it and I wanted a sense and, oh, I want people to like me. Or I was like, I just need to feel good. So I deleted it. I was like, I just need to feel good about being me. So you're talking about the, the point when you're really having this conversation and not being you. Yeah. So what does that mean? So, and not being me in a sense of like. Just the facade piece. Yeah, more of like, I feel like it's just more about like body image or how you look nowadays. I just, now when I restart my Instagram, hopefully I just want it to be more me, just like. You doing you. Yeah, more like inspirational because I do want to do that. It was more like just pictures. It was just like selfies and I was like that doesn't feel like me. I was like, that just feels like I'm putting it out there just so people can see so I can get a like. That's what it felt like. And I was just like, 
I think I need to delete it. So when you were talking about, um, you know, having to be perfect for your mom and you started to feel like you were really living through her, not you, you weren't being you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Cause that's something that's very relatable really at any age. Yeah. So I feel like I was living in an image of her even through high school. I think it got to a point where I was like, mom, I want to be a lawyer. And she was like, no, you should do nursing. And so what did I go into? I went into nursing. So it kind of just was like, I want to be the best version of me for her. And I wasn't doing it for me. So I just started doing things like, I think I went into SBO, which was really good. I loved being in SBO in school. So everybody knows what's SBO. Student body government. Yeah. So I went into that and I, I loved it, but it was like, I'm trying to, be a people. Try. Yeah. I'm trying to be a people pleaser. Like I'm doing so much for her. What you were doing was being a people pleaser. Yep. <laughs> you remember in, in TLB when we talked about the T word. Yep. Yeah. So what you were doing is you were living your life, pleasing other people and not you. Yeah. So I, I went, middle school was really bad. Like I always just wanted to, I wanted friends or first off, I was just like, Oh, I need to have friends to be popular. People need to know me if I have friends. And I was like, no, that's not the case. And then high school, same thing. Like, and I think it got to COVID when that hit. I was just like, reality check. No one checked up on me when COVID came. Like that type of stuff. And yeah. And if you really look at your Instagram or Facebook, how many people would call you when you really needed them? Not Maybe a lot. three? Yeah. I, it, no, I like three or two. Like, yeah vulnerable and like people who would really call me like who would just be real would probably be two yeah maybe, and that's, thir maybe three and hopefully. that's that's really how it is for for most people like most people have a lot of acquaintances and they have a lot of people they know but when you really want to talk about like deep friendship there, there's really only a few and 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 i'm not saying that people intentionally do that because most often they don't um they really do care um, but there's just only so much bandwidth in any given day, correct? Right. And, yeah. and only so much you can focus on. And so it, it makes it easy to just kind of stay in the lane. You know, JG always says, show me your um, five closest friends and I'll show you who you are today. So when you think back to your friends in junior high. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> in junior high, it was not, I was not hanging around the right people. I was probably one of my like, worst times was junior high. I, this is bad. I was fighting. I think I got in like two fights mm. and I was just like, but I always was super nice to people, but the people I was hanging out with, I was like, oh my gosh, I can tell that they're like turning me into how they act. And so it was real. it was like kind of like switched some turn knobs in my head that I was just like, oh, this is not good. And what like, was going on at home that time at that time? Um, uh, I think this was around like ninth ninth grade i would say seventh grade i was pretty good i was kind of like transitioning and from elementary it's kind of like oh nervous and then i started getting used to it and then hanging out with the wrong people but at home it was around like eighth and ninth we started getting my nieces and nephews we my mom adopted them and so that so was let's hear that story for a minute so she adopted four at the time now we have six of my nieces and nephews wow. that she adopted but she adopted them and it was really hard because it was just me and her at home. It was actually, it was me, her, and my, my brother at the time. And this is when you were about seventh grade, eighth grade? This was about eighth and ninth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just me and her. And then 
transitioning to getting the kids, I was just like, oh, she kind of asked me too. She's like, do you want, like, would it be okay if we got the kids to live in our house? And I was like, well, what do I say? I'm a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what do I, I have to yeah. say yes. I'm like, and you want to be perfect in her eyes. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it's compl- I'll help you. And mm. so, so what happened? How did that come about? So my sister, um, she's always been addicted to drugs and um, she has a mental illness. She has um, bipolar and schizophrenia. So she kind of lost them. She ended ended up like doing something really bad to my mom and just, she ended up losing them. So my mom was like, I'll just, like I feel the need I have to take them. My mom's a people pleaser too. She's probably the worst of the worst of the people pleasers because she will just do anything for anyone and she won't take care of herself. So she ended up taking the kids and it was hard. Like from coming just me and her, I was like, oh, this is fun. I love just hanging out with my mom. And then it's like, oh, four kids in the house. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. They're a lot younger than you. Yeah. they. So the attention goes to them. Yep. And it was, they kind of came from a household where they were taking care of themselves. Mm. They were like, I think there were six, five and three. And they were taking care of themselves. Like that's a young age. Like, so I kind of felt bad, but I also kind of started getting, um, like resentment, not towards them, but just like, like now I'm stuck. Like I can't do anything. Like I always have to babysit. I was going to say, were you, was it your responsibility to help out then a lot of that? Yeah. It was just kind of like, I'm now set up. Like, this is now my job. Like I got to babysit or I have to help her take care of them or I couldn't go out with friends. Like still now it's still hard, like trying to go out because I want to help her so much, but I couldn't go out with friends. I had to help her. We had to take them to games or just take them around because they were just, um, at the time we didn't know that two of them had, um, were on the spectrum. And so they were just really hard to take care of. And I, I was just like, Oh, now the attention's off of me. What spectrum? Um, for, uh, Oh my gosh. Sorry. Autism. Yeah. Autism. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it was hard. We didn't know like JJ's on the spectrum. That is correct. Hmm so it was hard like taking care of them like I didn't know at the time like being in ninth grade and eighth grade it was just like oh now the attention's off of me so I don't really have my mom's full attention and that's hard because I I always haven't like I feel like I have but she's always just trying to be a mom like trying to take care of me not like I feel like you kind of need a friendship with parents in a sense of like you need to talk to them so that kind of went out the waters like it was kind of just like take so you, care of the kids you, you kind of stopped talking to your mom at that point yeah it was kind of like we were still close but i kind of like there was just a little resentment like just like oh now i now my life is like completely flipped now we have to take care of three kids and i say we i always say we because it's like this is our responsibility i'm like i'm helping you in the house you signed me up for this wow. yeah yeah so stop for a second go back to your dad so he went to prison when you were four did he get out at this time or is he still in? Um, he barely got out um, this last year. Oh, good. Wow. So did you talk to him through letters throughout this period? That No, what he did was kind of bad. He, um, it was attempted murder. He tried to, um, sorry, <laughs> he tried to uh, burn the house down while we were in it. And that was really hard. Like, cause it's like, you wouldn't think family would do that to you. And so, no, he wasn't a part of like anything. So it's always been my mom. Mm. And sometimes I wish he did reach out because it's like, hey, that's my dad. That's family. But now I'm just like, I'm kind of glad. I don't think I would be the person I would be today if I would have 
had him in my life. That's, that's something that's important to, to focus on, right? So yeah. we, we talk about it often on, on the podcast and, and in the classroom and, and just in casual conversation, the, the things that happen in our lives, they, they take us to where we are today. And good, bad, ugly, you know, um, it, it's a piece of us. And you wouldn't be the woman that you are today without having those situations and, and, and those things happen to you. So I want you to think about for just a moment, you know, uh, mom and, and being able to communicate because this is something at that age, especially that starts to get shaky because from a parent's perspective, a parent's job is to create a safe place, um, to feed, to house, right. Um, to be there to support. Yes but also to guide and encourage. And then, you know, kind of at the bottom of the, the list is the friendship um, because all those things come first and, 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 and challenge your children. But that communication thing is, is just key. So you being able to have, you know, open communication dialogue with your mom, it's important. But when that starts to break down, that's when things start to get a little bit rough. Yeah. And it did break down. Like, I think it took COVID and me finally just having, I think I've held everything in since um, middle school and all my childhood trauma and just everything like that until COVID. And I was sitting alone in a room for, I don't know how many weeks. And I was just super depressed. I got into a depressive episode. I, um, at the time I wanted to commit suicide and this is going to be sad for my mom, but we kind of talked about it. It kind of took me to tell her, like, I don't want to be here anymore for her to finally be like, whoa. But even at the time, she was still stressed out, still trying to be like, I'm the mom. Like, you, it was just like a, I told her that and it was just, well, maybe we need to send you to the doctors. It was not like a, well, maybe I should sit down and talk to you and see what's wrong with you. It was just like a, well, maybe the doctors are the best choice. Like, maybe you need to go see them. And I was like, mom, I really just want to talk to you. So I wish she would have had that, that mindset of just being like, Hey, like, are you okay? It was more of like a mom mindset of like, we need to go to the doctors. We need to make sure you're okay. Like, do you need me to call the ambulance? And I'm like, no, I don't. At the time I was like, I don't want to kill myself. I just want someone to talk to. That's, wow. that's it. I, the place that I was in, it was, I'm, I don't want to die. It was just, I want someone to talk to. Because I never got to talk to anyone. I mean, and it's just like I was talking to someone today. I was like, you can never tell someone like so much that like putting on the facade. It's like, oh, I only tell you so much because I don't want you to know my whole, whole life. Like it's kind of, it's scary letting someone in. So I never let no one in and my mom never talked to me. So I was like holding that all in. And I was like, mom, just please talk to me. Because that trust. Yeah. I was like, just, just listen to me. And it was more of the, we need to take you to the doctors. We need to figure yeah. out what's wrong with you. <laughs> And I was like, no, that's not what I want. I just want someone to listen to me. So that episode that, that became through the whole journey of, of you guys, kind of the communication breaking down and you yeah. feeling like you're a little bit alone or there's no real friendship or the open communication. And then it went into the being alone and, mm -hmm. and feeling like you didn't have anybody. That's where, that's where that evolved from. Oh yeah. Throughout the years, I couldn't talk to her. It was like, like I said, being the best me was not telling her those things because if I told her those things and she would be like, Oh, I would, I would get scared. She didn't think this way, but I thought that she was going to be like, you're not good enough. 
you're you're gonna mess up just like she always did say like i don't want you to end up like your sisters mm. and um just like with my sister getting pregnant at a young age um i was like oh no i have to i have to be perfect so i didn't want her to be like you're not good enough you're gonna end up like them so i was always scared so i never told her anything so stop right there for just so everybody listening so when was that that you went through that first off how long ago um which part that you wanted you were thinking of suicide not all the way but you were at that point and you wanted your mom to listen how long ago was that that wasn't that long ago when did covid first happen march 2020 yep it was in 2020 so go back to that moment right then if you couldn't have your mom who would you reach out to and that's the the question i reached out so actually i did reach out to someone and it was my friend group at the time and i i kind of this is so sad i wrote a note and i was like i don't want to be here and no one's listening to me so i wrote the note i told my mom that and then i started telling my friends i was like hey guys like i just think i'm done like i don't want to be here no more and they all and and it was weird because one of the girls i wasn't close to and she kind of used to when i was younger just kind of not be rude to me but just like she's little she's annoying like i don't want to be her friend but she ended up coming and i was just like wow like there are people that care about wow. me what's her name her name's laditra Hobson. love that yeah love that i'm gonna put rebecca on the spot here real quick um if somebody is struggling or do they reach out to professional is there a suicide hotline yes there is so there's a hope in the high schools um, for that services and it should be in most high schools as well as the suicide hotline i don't know the number to it but it's called hope squad yeah, yeah. hope squad, squad. yeah Love it. i was on I, there for i just think years. that's important to pause there because mm-hmm. there are people that are listening right now that struggling. might be struggling through this yeah and they might not have a great friend that reached out like your friend did but that's why i wanted rebecca to just mention that. You know, it's funny. We were talking about this before we even opened up tonight. And that was that, you know, when somebody has that anxiety, depression, that, you know, laughter is, you know, huge. Um, we've been working on breathing and breath, you know, just being able to breathe and, and meditate and get focused and calm and, and, and look inward and work on what we do want, not what we don't want. Because when, when somebody's in that state, all they see is what they don't want, right? That's it's everywhere. It's like, I'm not wanted. Um, it, often the attitude is this place is better without me. The people are better without me. I'm tired of fighting, you know, all these different things. And then another big one is giving. And, and it's funny that, you know, you started really young giving, right? And it's, and it's still to this day, that's been now a big piece of who you are today, right? Giving. Yeah. So, yeah, I I agree on that, on the sense that giving to people, I wish I would have gave more in like middle school and stuff, but having that, that mindset at the time of just putting like the doubt in my mind, it was just like, oh, I can't do anything else if I, that's kind of just how it felt. But I felt like if I would have gave a little bit more and I, I tried, but it probably would have been better. Like probably would have put a better mindset in my head in the sense. 
Well, you know, there's a guy that I look up to, probably my biggest mentor that I've never met, a guy named Dave Ramsey, and he tells a story and he's, you pretend like you have your hand in front of you and it's out, like open, and you have $10 million in your hand. If you leave it open, people can take some, but some people can put it, put some on your hand. But if you close your hand and hold on to that money, no money leaves. Nobody can put any in. Going back to what Brett just says, it's good to give and to serve. I spent a weekend um, life mastery, and we talked about anxiety, depression, and everybody in the group were they were talking about service service to others. If you're ever depressed, or you just need to even anxiety, go help somebody. And the best person to help is your own internal family. Go over and help your grandma. Go over and help your mom or a neighbor, you know. Um, so not to get too far off topic, but I think it's important talking about suicide, talking about anxiety and depression. There are things you can do right this second. You don't have to pick up the phone. Go help somebody. Get out of your life and go help somebody else. Yeah, I know we were talking about this uh you know, often we talk about it actually, but when we, when we hold teen classes, everybody has a medical form and on that medical form, there's a list of questions. And today, most kids, when they're, when they fill out those medical forms, the parents do it for them. Most kids, there's, there's like anxiety and depression or they're seeing a counselor or, you know, things like that. It's pretty common today. And I, and I wonder often if it's tied a lot to the social media and the high expectations that we have on ourselves and things like that, because we can see all these perfect lives through those platforms, but that we know that's not us. We know it's not us, but we still want to keep up with that. No, I can completely agree. It's just in the sense of you feel like you have so many friends on social media and then it comes back and you're like, I'm alone in my room scrolling through this and I feel like I don't have anybody. So I feel like that's a big part in social media. Like you have so many friends on there and then you come back. That's like how I felt. Like I was like, Oh, I have so many friends on social media. If I post this, I'll get, I don't know, like 200 likes. And I'm like, Oh, they all like me. But, but it feel good. It felt, yeah, it does and, feel and good. It build, build, and it helps build that confidence. Right. But then when you don't, or you get somebody that talks down or negative, and it hurts twice. I mean, it just really hurts. Oh yeah. And I, and the whole, um, just like social aspect of it, it's like, you're not really socializing with them because it's like, it's, mm -hmm. it's social media. Like you're, you're posting stuff, but it's not like you're talking to someone. I feel like a real talk, like how we're sitting right now is just better than being like texting someone or even calling someone at Facebook. Amen. Amen. 100%. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was, I was listening to somebody talk. It's like, if, if you're not paying for that social media, you, you're you are what's being sold yep. correct yes. correct if you're not paying for that app just so you know <laughs> you're the what's being sold yeah. they sell you yeah and, and whatever you're doing but you know i don't want to get too far yeah, down yeah. the rabbit hole i want to talk <laughs> i really want to talk about so um, you're in ninth grade and your mom adopted for your got a new job because we are raising kids then what so it, yeah, so I got him in ninth grade and 
ninth grade was really fun. Like I didn't think I had any problems and then it's like <gasps> high school's coming. Like I got to kind of step it up. And then I won SBO and I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. But oh. I was like, and one thing I forgot, like, I don't know how I'm going to talk to people. I got diagnosed with anxiety and um, depression around that time too. So I was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to talk to people. Did, did they medicate you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know how I'm going to talk to people. I don't know how I'm going to do anything. So going into high school was another big change. Like, I'm like, oh, that's another whole thing. Like, just in the sense of um, kids moving, um, different schools. And I'm going, I had a, like a, lo- a lot of friends, but it's like, are they acquaintances or are they friends? So going into high school is like, oh, this is scary. Like, now I got to meet new people. And so my sophomore year was really fun. It, at, I got a boyfriend at the time and I feel like, don't ever get a boyfriend. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just feel like you have so much. Um, Again, you wouldn't be the person trouble. you are if you didn't have a boyfriend. I know. <laughs> but dang it. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I got a boyfriend. And I was like, oh, this is so fun. And um, I don't know why I rely on people so much. So I feel like I kind of really just relied on him. And then um, we ended up like not being together. And I kind of went down another like rabbit hole of just like, why do I always like give into friendships or why do I always give into people and I don't receive like that much? So it it was really hard going in to high school and giving so much to people and then receiving not that much. It was just like, oh, I'm giving so much and receiving nothing. Did you have different or better friends now going into high school? Oh, yeah. So a lot better than junior high. Yeah, I kind of like switched it up. I was like, well, I don't think I should hang out with those type of people. So you had that conscious mm, wow. thought to say, I got to have better friends to have a better life. Oh, yeah. It was to the point where, um, like I said, like they were fighting. Um, some of them were doing drugs and like the whole mental illness runs in my family. And I was like, if I know if I do drugs, I'm going to end up down that yeah. hole. So it's just kind of like, do I? And it, my mom's in my head saying like don't do or you're going to end up like your sister. So I was like, okay, maybe, let me take a step back and maybe like reevaluate who I want to be friends with. And I kind of went into high school. I don't know who I want to be friends with. I was like, I kind of just want to be me nice. and kind of do me because it's like, like I said, we put on our facade and we all just at the time, I feel like I just wanted friends. Everyone wants friends. And you were in student body connection. government at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your position? Um, I was president. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yes, I did love it. We have it. a national holiday. After President you. Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I kind of just put on that facade of, oh, I want everyone to be my friend. And so, and high school was fun though. Like, I felt like I didn't put on too much of a facade where I couldn't be like me, but it was like, I still have to like, I want people to be my friend. So it's like, I still put on like a face or something like that. People wouldn't judge me. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know where I'm trying to go with this. But yeah, so. Oh my gosh, sorry. No, no. You're great. Yeah, we're th- I mean, you're thinking back to high school, which seems yeah. like a long time ago and you're only 19. But It does feel like a long time it ago. It does, huh? And, and, every, and when you think about high school, it's like every year is like its own lifetime. Oh, yeah. Every and like year. a year feels forever. Yeah. Yeah. When I think back to it now, like coming from 
I always thought in middle school, I'm like, oh, what am I going to be like in high school? Mm. And then the next year, oh, what am I going to be like next year? So I feel like that was hard too, in the sense where I was like, oh, I want to be perfect, but I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to be in like the next year or in high school. Hopefully good. So did you know that, is that when you started to really think about who you wanted to be? Actually, I was talking to my, in, I think it was ninth grade and my counselor was like, what do you want to be when you get older? Mm. And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, how do you not know? She kind of took it in a sense where it's like, you need to know what you want to be. <laughs> or right you're not going to, yeah, she's like, you're not going to make it in life. She didn't say that, but that's how yeah. I felt. That's how I took it. So it's like, I was like, I don't know what I want to be. So do you have any feedback for that counselor right now? Oh yeah. I would say, <laughs> oh yeah. I'm like, just give kids like a break. Like, I feel like they're learning so much. They're already going through stuff. And at the time I felt like I was just going through a lot. High school's coming up. That's what I had. That's what I was thinking of. I wasn't thinking of what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, high school's coming up. Like, who's, who am I going to see? Who am I going to be friends with? That's what I was thinking of. So I feel like maybe not putting so much weight on like a ninth grader or an eighth grader. I mean, you already do have so much weight around like the, she didn't know like my family life or anything. So it's just like giving kids a, a break. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I talked to my kids about, you know, you're in school. That's your job right now. Um, your job's just to do your best. And I think from a counselor perspective, it's their job to help guide and push, you know, it's okay to push and, and help steer kids into positive directions and, and even have a focus that maybe that is not where they end up at, but at least at a focus they were shooting for, right? It's like having that goal early on. And even if that isn't where you end up at that goal, you were still pushing yourself hard to achieve something bigger, right? Better, older. I think when she asked me, what did I want to be? I think I said a marine biologist, (laughs) 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 which I'm not that now, but did you know what that was when you said that? Oh yeah. Okay. I was like, Oh, I want to move to like Florida and I want to go down there and do it. And I think I was just like forcing it. And I was like, Oh yeah, I want to be a marine biologist. But I'm like, now I'm like, I don't know how many, they they probably have marine biologists in O-Town. Oh yeah. (laughs) Hopefully. Right there. Can you damn. Yeah. (laughs) Were you playing, were you playing any sports, doing any uh, clubs or anything like that? Youth impact. Too? Oh yeah, I went to Youth Impact. How old were you when you started Youth Impact? I think I was in sixth grade oh, when wow. I started. Yeah, I was, so I was young. I was probably Youth Impact alumni. Yes, I loved Youth Impact. That was probably tell, tell our listeners about Youth Impact because Youth Impact is just you know the story behind it and and just the the mm. vision as a whole is so special, important, inspiring, and bold. Yeah. yeah, incredible. So. Youth Impact is an organization um, that helps um, teens just to, so it's kind of, what am I trying to say? So it's kind of an organization that helps teens go into it and they try to push you to the person you're going to be when you get older. So you go through, now they're going through elementary, middle school, and they, they're kind of like guiding you. And at the time when I was in it, they were doing um, community service we were having speakers come in. We were having people. It was so fun. But they're trying to guide you into being like just a better person. They want to help. Did you feel like you community. were safe while you were there? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And that's their what's what's their slogan? Oh my gosh! It's a safe place for kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like I'm so bad. I can't remember. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the founder was Dave Hall. 
Rob, Rob, Hall. Rob, Rob Hall. Rob Hall. Sorry, Rob yeah. Hall. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I love Rob. Um, he was very inspirational and just his whole image of how he wanted Youth Impact to be was just so amazing. He just wanted kids to go there to be kids. I mean, mm -hmm. at the time when I think he started it, I think kids didn't have a place to be a kid because, yeah. I yep. mean. To be safe off the street. Yeah, so yeah. I, that's why he started it. And I feel like his image now is just so well known. And I just really respect him for that. And Amazing man. He was, yes. Yeah, it yeah. was it was definitely a bold vision and he carried it all the way to the end of, of his day. Oh, right? yeah, and, right to the end. Yeah, and I, I think back to uh, the vision of giving kids a safe place to be kids. And for a lot of listeners, that's, that, that's like, what do you mean? But you know, you were there and your mom's a single mom and your dad's gone. He's out of the picture. And, but he had, it was a place for you to go. Did you go before school? Did you go just after school? So I went after school. Okay. A lot of kids go before school, then they go to school and then they come back after school. So it just yep. gives them a safe place to land and, and they help with homework. Oh yeah. Homework. They feed you, they play games. Um, um, Rob's mom, she would be in the back and she had a whole arts and crafts area. And I got to learn, um, what did I learn? Stained glass. I got to make jewelry. I got, we got to go in the back and we made, um, no, we got to plant in the back. Yeah. And work on bicycles. Yes. Yeah. Play ball. Oh, actually, yeah, I did make a um a bicycle and then um they took a snowboarding, skiing. So it was really fun. And I asked my mom just recently about this. I was like, Mom, how much did you pay for Youth Impact? How yeah. much did you pay to um send me there? She's like, Nothing. Yeah. And I was like, What? You didn't pay? I was like, How do they how do they make money? I'm like, and that, just, that wasn't the vision the vision that, yeah, was that, to give yeah and yeah. so like yeah. when i when i heard that i was like oh my gosh that is just so sweet because they did all those things for me and now they're continuing it and i'm just like this generation is probably going to really love it we, we have a slogan at building utah youth it's called givers gain and it's i can't even explain the definition of that you, until you really give of oneself you get it back tenfold and we also talk about the ripple effect. One drop of water into a pond, it ripples all the way across. So when you talk to anybody and you uplift them, it comes back tenfold. And it affects so many other people that you have no clue. And it is awesome. And you were given that gift. Yes. Yeah. No, I really like the, that, the rippling effect because I feel like when growing up and just... So kind of a little thing in middle school, there was this new girl and um, she's kind of shy and no one really like talked to her. And I was um, showing her around and this is kind of a, it ends in a sad story, but um, some girls ended up bullying her. And I remember just trying to talk to her and trying to be nice to her. And I wish I would have done more at the time, but I hope I made an impact in her life to where I'm like, hopefully she's like, yeah, that was like, Nessa, but she ended up um committing suicide mm. in that that summer and so i was like what could i have done more to help her like the ripple effect what could i have done to really put that in her mind that she was like worth it and that she didn't it was hard because i knew the girls who did bully her and it was just like what could i have done to help more so i feel like just talking to her more even talking to other people just Putting, Standing like, up for putting a seed in their mind that they're worth it because yeah. I feel like a lot of them don't 
Well, I mean, you can have dirt in the sun, but not have a seed and nothing like, yeah, just having something grow in their mind and just being like, you're worth it. Like you're worthy. Like you deserve everything. And I feel like I should have done that more. But hopefully now, like the ripple effect, just putting things into motion. Well, again, having that experience, having that awareness. Yeah. Um, that again, that's a piece of who you are. Mm-hmm. And so you, now you have that, that reason to be that person that steps up and helps protect or, and, or tell somebody else they're special. Yeah. And you just made a difference right now, mm-hmm. yeah. right there, your story. And one people thing, should rewind that and listen to it again. Yeah. One thing I want to point out. So I know Janessa pretty well and to hear her story. I mean, she shared more in detail about her dad and, and burning the house down with the kids in it. And just how resilient you are as a human being and how you show up every single day consistent to who you are. I mean, that light shines so bright. You are such a bright light. And regardless of you feeling like you didn't have that connection with your mom or your dad and how hard that would be for any child going through that, you know, even any adults going through that. But look how how much you continually rose up regardless of that and you built your own self-love so how is that that you're able to have so much confidence and loving yourself and continue that and you just keep sharing that every single every single day thank you mm-hmm. yeah it took it took a while for me to build confidence it actually took i think going to therapy to actually awesome yeah it, it took me going to therapy to actually put it into motion i feel like i had it but it was like tucked away and it took me going to therapy to realize that like she would tell me the things and it's like oh she can tell me but i need to like do it and she would say that she's like you need to do it action yeah massive action yes (laughs) so she's like you need to do it and so she told me um to just tell myself i'm worthy i'm deservant and i can i can get anything i want in the world and so i yeah so i would say those things to myself and i'm like oh my gosh well i'm not feeling this and then until i started kept saying it and I she's like look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself and so I was like okay I'm worthy I'm deserving and I was like oh I'm still not feeling it and then it took for me to be like why do I need to feel it like you need to like tell yourself like you don't need to make yourself feel that way like just know that you are worthy and Mm -hmm. so I I think everyone should go to therapy (laughs) well I mean we we talk about all these things a lot and they're real right the the anxiety the depression are so real therapy is is out there and it's available and it is wonderful um i mean i've got lots of friends that definitely um benefit from being able to talk to somebody that's not in their family and they're not friends because that adds pressure you know a lot of the one of the biggest reasons why youth often don't want to talk to their parents is because they don't want to add to their their stress they don't want to add to their pressure they don't want to add to their their life that's already so hard so tough and i know you could see that with your mom you don't want to add more to her plate oh yeah like i exactly like i feel the same way like i didn't want to add to her plate but i also wanted someone to talk to but i also was able to talk to my mom after i did talk to a therapist and i kind of like i laid it out all on the table so after i talked to my um therapist it kind of like opened my eyes of a sense that i can talk to my mom and this is so bad, but we would call my mom a storm because she would just never listen. It was always just like mom, mom, mom mode. And so um, 
she was just like, just let the storm go over and then talk to her. And so when I finally talked to my mom, it was just like, wow, I didn't see those things. I didn't know what was happening with you. And I was just like, well, yeah, I never, I never told you. Cause I'm like, I didn't feel comfortable. I, I told her, she's like, I told her that I wanted to be like the best um, version of me for her. And she's like, I just wanted you to be the best you. Mm. And I'm like, why? Well, I, I didn't know that. How am I supposed to know? You don't, you don't tell me those things. You think that you communicate and the other person thinks they communicate and the other person received and they didn't, you know, you went from four years old until now you're 19 yep. and until you laid that out. That's when it was communicated. Yep. And that's the, that's why having a therapist or a performance coach or somebody that you can listen to. Michael Jordan even had a coach. Everybody has a coach. So it yeah. doesn't matter what level yeah. you are. If you want to be great, yeah. you need to have your five best friends next to you. Well, and I think it just helps in a sense where um, talking to my mom, I felt judged. And she would say, like, I would tell her something and then she'd be like, well, if you didn't do that. And I'm like, maybe just listen. And then you can talk at the end. But going to a therapist, it was just like, they it listen. was all ears. Yeah. And one time my therapist, I told her something and she just started crying. Mm. And that really like broke me. I was like, oh, someone like really cares for me. Aww. And so I was like, if, if she can cry, I'm like, my mom can listen to me that way. And she's like, you just need to be open and completely honest with her and let her know. So I feel like going to therapy really opened my eyes on, it's okay to want to talk to my mom. Mm. Like it's okay to let her in. And let her know that she can let me in too, because I feel like we both were like, kind of just. Yeah, she's protecting you. She yeah. got a lot of that same talk, you know, and she's protecting you. And 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 I, most parents do that. Most parents don't share what they've got going on with their kids. Mm-mm. It's not their kids' to, uh, st- baggage to own or carry around. Yeah, no, and I, I kind of wish she would have told me some things because it's. I mean, I can kind of see when my mom's like not okay. So I wish she would have been like, you know, today I'm having a bad day. Like, I don't want to have to put on mom mode to be like, I'm your mom. But like, I wish she would have told me things so that we could have had maybe a better bond. And I feel like I would have talked to her more. I mean, it's okay to be a mom, like, but having a little bit of friendship, I mean, not too much. Like, I feel like then, (laughs) then you're letting it, then like, I feel like it's like, then kids might take that in a sense where, oh, I can do whatever. But having just like being caring and just listening to your kids like i wish she would have done that way more growing up but now once i told her everything she's like oh my gosh i wish i would have listened and tuned into you when you were sad i was like me too i wish that would have been like how you were so you're a youth impact and uh, how old were you when you went to tlb oh it was in 2018 so i don't know well that's four years ago almost yeah yeah. So right before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So two years before COVID. Mm-hmm. So the summer of 2018. So you'd have been like, I don't know, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to think back to that moment in time. Cause again, for going into or from junior high into high school is just such a big shift, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's scary. It's, it's exciting. It's new. It's, it's, vulnerable um and there's just so many things and again one year at a time but going back to that's that's about when you get your driver's license and you start to get some freedom and things like that and you start to have you're in you know the student body government 
So you've got a lot of things that you are responsible for and, and, and place you're supposed to be before, during, after school. It's just, there's a lot going on. So I'm sure it was tough on your mom with you not being around as much and she probably needed that help, but you had things to do. Yeah. And it's, it's still that way. Like even right now, cause I still live with my mom. Um, but even back then, um, playing sports, she would have to drag all the kids with her. Um, just me wanting to spend the night at people's houses, like my friends. Um, it was hard because it's like, well, I need help in the morning, getting them ready for school. Yeah. And I still do that every day. (laughs) Actually responsibility. Yeah. So it was just taking care. I always say that I'm a teen mom and I have no kids (laughs) because I mean, I'm now we have, yeah, now we have six of them. So I'm like, wow. It's hard, like growing up in a sense of seeing her just taking care of the kids and me kind of just being there helping. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the rest of my life. And now I don't think of it as a bad thing. I think of like, okay, it might be the rest of my life, but like, let's make do. Like, I love them and I'm excited to just see them grow up. But yeah, just now taking care of them every day is, is pretty hard too. And leaving my mom i'm like now what are you gonna do because i'm going into my 20s and i kind of want to live life but yeah. i also don't want to leave her leave her on her own yeah, yeah. And that kind of was a talk with my um with my therapist and like she's like you just need to live for you you can't live for anybody else and if you do that then you're gonna stress yourself out yeah we, we talk about it in class that you've got to take care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else and that's why it's so important because if you don't if you're not ever taking care of yourself mentally, physically, you know, emotionally, um, you're not filling your cup up. You don't have anything to give anybody else. So when you go to give, it's like, you're still giving them the scraps. There's not much left to give them. So what happens is when you go serve yourself and, and you're taking care of yourself and you're doing all these amazing things that your cup fills up. And so the time you go spend with, you know, the, the family, you have a lot to give them. It's not just the scraps. So how did you get to TLB exactly? Um, uh, through Youth Impact. Yeah, so I kind of, um, so what, I think who got me in was Craig, actually. Awesome. Yeah, I love Craig. He, he's amazing. He really like helped me in growing. Like just We love Craig. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the trainers or facilitators at Youth Impact. That was great. Yeah. So he um, helped me get in and I'm glad I got in, but I feel like um, I could have opened up more how I am like right now when I was, when I was there. So I feel like I didn't open, I, I opened up, but I felt like there's so many new faces and like being that young, it's like, do I fully want to like let people in to know my life. Like that, that type of thing. Like it was just hard. Yeah, it's a different experience for everybody, for sure. Um, but you got to go. Oh, yeah, it was exciting. I, oh, well, when I went into it, I was like, why would my mom send me here? I want my phone. <laughs> yeah. And I, <laughs> I was like, I want, awesome. my, I was like, I want my phone. Why do I have to go into it? Like, and I really went into it with the mindset. I'm like, oh, she's forcing me to be here. And then as like we started to continue and do everything, I was like, okay. Like, I'm opening up more. And then the next day, I was like, Oh my gosh. I think what really hit me was when I, um, when I opened the notes, the letters. Yeah. And I just started reading them and I was like, my mom feels this way towards mm-hmm. me. 
I didn't know she felt this way. And I, I actually was reading them last night. I pulled them all wow. out. Yeah, I still have the bag. It's like Aww. in the same place. So I started reading them and I was just like, this was so cute. Like I just have your pack from class. Oh, I have the whole bag. <laughs> so There's great. all dust on it. Is it, a, yeah. is it a little pack pack? Yeah, it's black. And then my backpack's in it. Mm. And like everything's still in there. Like it hasn't. Wow. Yeah. So I was reading it last night. I actually brought it up to my room and started reading it. Cause I was like, Oh, I just kind of want to look back on like the whole experience. And I was just like, I never knew my mom felt that way or having other people write it. Like I think my mom's um, boss wrote in it. And I was like, I didn't know she like felt this way towards me or even Craig wrote me one. And I was just like, yeah. this is so sweet. <laughs> so it oh, was nice wow. knowing that people were there that I didn't know were there. Like, and you found your voice there for sure. Oh yeah, I did. I think the first day I went into it, I think it was, um, I was thinking about this today on being on time. Cause I was yeah. like, Oh, I don't want to be like, I remember what happened. And <laughs> 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 yeah. So I was like, Oh, I need to be on time. Yeah. So I, the first day going in, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the real deal. And I remember you guys kept saying, if you guys can't make it through, then like, there's the door. Like, and I was like, Oh, I need to make this through. And then at the end, I was just like, I made it like I found my voice and like breaking the wood and everything, like just doing. Do you stuff. remember what your block was? I think it was, I think it was death. Mm. Yeah. I'm, wow. I think I was scared. I, I always had anxiety of losing my mom. Mm -hmm. So it was just in the sense of, I was like, Oh, like I hate losing people. And so when you broke it, what did it mean? Just like I said, losing people like that was really a hard thing for me. Cause I feel like I, I give so much to people in the sense now that I look back at it, I'm like, I kind of look at it in a different way of, I give so much to people. And it's kind of like you, when you lose someone, it's like kind of like they're, you don't talk to them. So it's kind of like they're dead. So I think at the time it was just like not wanting to putting that behind me, knowing that you're living in the moment now. Mm. And now it's like, now like you can't live in the future and you can't live in your past. And I wish Amen. I would have, yeah, I wish I would have lived in that more growing. Cause I mean, I think it's like two days in the camp. Yeah. And, it's only two and a half yeah, days. And then like you're out in the world again and I'm just like, Oh, now I got to put these things into reality. Mm -hmm. And I wish I would have used them more growing up because I was just telling Rebecca that I wanted to go again. Yeah. Because I'm like, now I'm kind of an adult. <laughs> I say kind <laughs> of, I am an adult. So I'm like, yeah, now I'm kind of an adult. Like I need to, um, like, I feel like there's so much more that I've learned now and like new knowledge that I want to like just learn and kind of give to people. But I'm like, I need to give to myself. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah you got to keep giving to yourself, but opportunities will always show up where you have an opportunity to give to other people. Always. You just have to like jump at it. Okay. Jump in. I've got this. Um, it's like, you never know. You can give to someone so much. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just like, I always, um, growing up, I, f I didn't want to use this as like, uh, something that was going to hold me back, but I was like, Oh, I've been through so much and nobody knows. So I'm like, if I've been through so much, what has she been through? What has he been through? Wow. And I'm like, I've ever since like, I've started Empathy. putting that. Yeah. Ever since I started putting that into my head, I just, um, was like, I'll never judge someone because I've never walked a day in your shoes and you haven't walked in mine. So I don't, I just don't, um, go into life, like judging people. It's just more of like, I don't know what you've been through and you don't. And I always was like, Oh, they don't know what I've been through. Why are they being rude to me? 
So you I just w- gave me chills. Yeah. That's awesome. So I wish that I would have like put it into more of a perspective of just like people need to like learn that. I feel like with the so- whole social media thing, it's like every, you don't know who nobody is. Yeah. So putting that into, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what he's been through. It's just been really good for me. I mean, that's really the point of the podcast, but if, you know, what would really s- help shift everything that's going on is, is just when people just choose to be honest and, and share. And that's where we went back to that sharing piece because just people having the courage to open up and share and people having the courage to listen, you know, and not judge. I mean, everybody's way more common. They are different. We've talked about that so many times because it shows up everywhere. Mm -hmm. But, you know, having that realization right now, all the knowledge that you have right now at 19, I can tell you at 19, I didn't have that knowledge. Same. Mm -hmm. Me either. I didn't have that awareness. I didn't have that life story. I didn't have, I didn't have the the reason. I didn't have the, the you know, uh, I didn't. I just didn't have that bag of tools that you're carrying around right now at 19 years old. Yeah, that's kind of why I'm. I'm kind of glad I went through the things. I say kind of, but I am glad I went through the things I went through because I probably wouldn't have known all of the knowledge I know. And like, I really do want to help people and just going through everything I've been through has just really helped me step that foot in the door of I can, I can help people. So I'm really excited to hear what's five years from today. If you're standing five years right now and you're telling your story, where do you see yourself? You're standing there right now. Well, let's hear where she's at right now. Okay. Well, well I'm just so well, excited because she's got all are, these yeah. tools. And <laughs> <laughs> where was I last Calm down, weekend? Where was I yeah, last JJ weekend? JJ was doing his five-year plan. But <laughs> where, where are you at right now? What are you doing right now? I mean, you graduated from high school and, um, you know, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. So I um, just graduated in 2021 and I- Did you get to walk? Yes. Yeah, we did. But it was outside and it was really hot. But at least you got to walk. Oh, yeah. No, because the last class, my one of my friends didn't get to. And it was, yeah, it was the sad. Class, the class of 2020, that was pretty heartbreaking to know that, that um, they missed their senior year of games and senior year of all yeah, those wonderful things. They, they missed them all. Right. And it's heavy yeah. and it's hard. I mean, you fast forward and, and they get over it pretty quick most. But it's at that moment in time, it's everything. Oh yeah, it was. I was like, well, I wasn't my mom's first to graduate, but I'm like, this is like an accomplishment. I um, already had my nail license at the time. Mm. And so I got that my junior year. And um, then I graduated and I was like, what do I want to do? And I started, I just love beauty and I love helping people in that sense too, making people just feel beautiful. And so I was like, oh, I think I want to be a master aesthetics. And then I was like, well, I think I want to open my own salon one day. And salon and spa. So I'm like, that was the plan. So then now I'm in master aesthetics and yeah, so I'm here now in master aesthetics still. <laughs> yeah. But you're, but again, you're tied to something that's giving. I want to hear what it feels like from your perspective when you help make someone see how beautiful they are. So I just think, well, when someone comes in like to get their nails done, I mean, a lot of people come in and some people are really quiet and I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of like a therapist. 
I mean, in the <laughs> yeah, this is a real Look story. Yeah. 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 Knowledge to serve. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm kind of like a therapist. I feel like I can kind of talk to people and um, just kind of let them like share what they want. And I really love that in a sense of like just making them feel good and knowing like that they can have someone. I feel like I have a girl come to me and she's like, I love coming to get my nails done because I can talk to you. Like, and I'm like, that makes me feel so good knowing that I could just um, talk to someone and just master aesthetics is just, you can just make people feel so beautiful and like, there's so much you could do in it, but like the whole sense of um, it's relaxing. Like you can talk to them if you want. But I really like um, just the whole beauty industry because, I mean, it's not a necessity. It is a luxury. But, I mean, people can make it a luxury. I, I think it is a necessity. It's it just is. a I agree. level. I mean, connection. I, I, yeah, it's, it's a connection thing. It's okay yeah. to take care of ourselves. Um, you know, and it's different depending on where you live, what level that is. I mean, we can, yeah. we can talk in depth about that. But I, I do believe it is a necessity to to go treat ourselves a little bit to some, you know, things like that. Oh yeah. I, I completely agree. Cause I, I do that. I like to go and pamper myself and it, yeah. it does feel good to treat yourself because I mean, if you're not taking your care of yourself, who is no one. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like in a sense of going out there and going, I don't know when I go and get my, um, my hair done, I'm like, Oh, this makes me feel so good. And like just talking to her and everything. But, feeling good and just doing something for me just feels nice. Is that how you feel Bradley when you get your hair done? <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> so everybody knows Bradley doesn't have a hair on his head. <laughs> Bradley does uh, Brett have any hair? Oh yeah. He's got the same amount as me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have facial hair there. pal. Um, so, so 19 years old, esthetician that's what you're going to school and and loving it and i and i hear you have a vision to open your own salon so how's it going at home right now it's it's still hard um we adopted two more well we are going to adopt we got two more um we got a newborn wow yeah um and then we got a newborn now from, that from family or my sister okay yeah she's hopefully Hopefully she doesn't have no more. Um, but yeah, so we, so we have a 10 year old, we have two 10 year olds and then a nine year old. Yeah. Two, 10, nine, seven, two newborn. Yeah. Sorry. That's a lot. So yeah, we Your have mom's all a saint. She is a saint. She is. Yeah, she, she's a, she must be just a very special woman. That's what she just is a giver. Like she yeah. just, and it's hard seeing her give so much and not give to herself. And I wish she would give, um, how can you help her with just that little piece right there? Just the little piece. I really try to, um, you don't try to, I do help yeah. her with the kids. <laughs> yeah. I do help her with the kids. Um, and I try to like, be like, go out, go do this. But she, she's like, I, I need to be the mom. I need yeah, to. She signed up for it. Yeah. She, that's what do she you, said. Do you do your mom's nails? She doesn't let me. She doesn't like to have nails on. She works at Kimberly Clark. Yeah. So she's just, just like, she's like, I type, just, just fix them up. And she does want a facial. It. There yeah. you go. Right. A facial, yeah. facial for yeah. mom. Mom has a facial. But I do yeah. do like her nails and toes and that helps her a lot. But in the sense of like helping her with the kids, I feel like that is like my number one job to help her because I mean, my other sisters can't and my brother, he, 
he works and does everything else. So I'm like, he can't help either. So it's just me. And I still live with her. And so it's just kind of like, I say it is my responsibility to help her. Even though I'm like, I'm 19. I'm going to live soon. So remember we talked about in class when we frame something, what does it mean to frame something? It's the way we look at it, right? It's the way we view it, the way we see it. What's one way you could reframe being able to help your mom with the kids right now for this short amount of time? Because I promise you it won't be forever. It'll just be, it's right now at this moment, like being present. What's one way you can reframe helping your mom with the kids? Honestly, see that, that is kind of hard. Like I'm like looking at it and reframing it. It's just like, I have been looking at it in a sense, like I was just telling um, Rebecca and some of the other girls, I'm like, this is the rest of my life. Like these kids, I'm, when um, the youngest turns 18, I'll be 37. And so that's because you're old enough to be the parent. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, when the youngest turns um, 18, I'll be 37. So I kind of, I've already been like in the frame of picturing it. Like I'm already going to take care of them. Like that, this is already my responsibility. And I think of a sense in reframing it in me living my life and then helping my mom would be a hundred percent better. Yeah. So that's where you need to come from, right? Is it's, you know, you're, you're going to live your life and you're going to answer, um, you're going to answer JJ's question in a minute about what's next, but you live your life and you get to reframe it as, um, you've grown, you're growing so much because you have grown so much because you were tasked with helping raise these kids. A gift. Mm-hmm. And it's been giving, it's given you a gift and, and the gift that you're giving is that you're helping them because you have all this knowledge and awareness and they will listen to you probably more than they'll listen to your mom mm-hmm. talking from that space. But yeah. you're also giving your mom a gift, aren't you? Yep. And just mm-hmm. helping her. Yeah. I could, I honestly took it as, um, when we first got the kids, I was like, oh, this is a curse. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's like that as a parent, too. Yeah. <laughs> or at least, curse. at least a dad. Unless you're a grandpa, it's the best job <laughs> yeah. in the world. That's me. <laughs> so I kind of took it as like a curse. Like, this is, gonna be the rest of my life and now that i'm getting older i'm like i don't have to make this the rest of my life but i still want to help my mom and i mean when so when eva no when the youngest turns um 18 my mom will be 67 76 76 actually yeah so i'm like it kind of is just like a an, an eye opener of just, I need to be ready in just in case if it does end up happening that I do have to take care of them. But, but remember what Brett said, if, have you ever flown on a plane? Yeah. So you're sitting on the plane and the flight attendant gets on and they said, you know, in case we lose oxygen, put oxygen on you first, then help your child. And I, I think it goes back to Brett's point. And in life, all of us, everybody listening, you have to do things for you. It's not selfish. You get up, you do your routine, you read, you exercise before you go help everybody else, whatever that routine is. But you got to have something for you every day, not just once in a while, not a luxury. If that nail appointment's that important, because People have somebody like you that they can go to and unload. You're a gift. You're an angel, just like your mom. And I think everybody needs to hear that, that it's not selfish to wake up and do your thing 
put oxygen on you first. No, I love that. I'm like, you sound like my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I hang around Brad. That's why. So we just, we feed off each other. So, yes. but it, there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, there really is. And I, and, and I wish people would, you know, that there's this accountability. I got to be perfect for my mom or my dad or my boss or whatever. Your best is going to change from day to day. Your best might be 50% of yesterday, but that's okay. That's your best, right? Yeah. So. So let's talk about answering that question that JJ asked. What's happening? What's next? Standing, where do you see yourself standing five years from now? Where are you going? What are you doing? Hopefully. So the planet. It's not hopefully. <laughs> you are. I am. <laughs> you are yeah. there right now. Okay. I'm going to be in my salon and spa. And it's hard. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going to be in my salon like as well. Like your counselor right now. What are you doing? Where are you going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <what? laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, your own spa, right? Salon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have your own place? Yes. <laughs> it's hard, like looking, wanting to be there and where I'm at now. It's just like, it's kind of like I'm putting up a roadblock and it's just like, it's kind of like it's kind of like i'm putting up a roadblock yeah, i am putting up Remember a roadblock when you said that in the mirror when your counselor started to tell you i'm beautiful i'm awesome all mm. these different things and you said no i'm not there i don't believe it and she said own it own it take accountability and own it And so Love now that. it's you taking accountability right now in this moment saying okay what's the name of my salon where am i living how many bedrooms wow i'm owning this right now i love that yeah so I'm going to be in my own salon. Um, I already have a name for it. What is it? What is it? Beauty therapy. Yeah. Love nice. <laughs> love it. So I actually needed. need to like, um, what is it called when you like get the name and you LLC. don't want. Yeah, I need, a, I need to get an LLC. So <laughs> <laughs> when this comes out, nobody take uh, beauty nobody therapy. Take that. <laughs> we'll delete that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm, I'm working on actually getting it's that. It's Janessa's salon, so everybody hands off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to be in my own salon. I want to be in my own apartment. Um, you are. Cool. I'm going to be um, graduated from um, esthetician and I'm going to be in my salon running it. And I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to have lots of money. Awesome. That's, that's the plan. And I want to, um, I'm going to be giving to my mom and mm-hmm. giving to the kids. And at, sorry, this is hard. I'm like seeing yourself down the line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I. You notice how nothing really changed though. It's like you're just taking care of yourself. Yeah. You're on your own. You're, you're kind of what you're, I'm saying now. Yep. Making your own future, right? But you're still taking care of the people that are in your life. That's not going to change. So you yeah. just get to know that. You get to let those people know. Like, I, I have to, I get to go do this. Like, I, you do deserve that. You know that. Yeah. No. I, I feel like I've went a lot of, I, um, I don't deserve a lot, but now putting into, I deserve it. I'm worthy and all the things that, um, I'm trying to tell myself. You're telling yourself. Yeah. But I'm telling myself it's just kind of, it's new because in the sense of growing up, like all the, everything I've been through, it didn't seem like I deserved anything because I mean, having no one to talk to and having just all those responsibilities and stuff. I was just like, okay, well I, 
I don't deserve. And now putting it into a perspective that I do deserve, I'm going to get these things. I'm going to be there in five years. It's just like, it's just kind of mind blowing because I don't think I would have seen myself even like, um, like last year in the same situation I'm in now talking about where I'm going to be. So it's kind of exciting. It's kind of like turning some things in my brain. It is exciting. It's your life. Yeah. And all those things, situations and the struggles have helped guide you to making those statements right now and owning them. Powerful. It is powerful. I'm excited to put, well, I'm excited that I am putting them into existence because I mean, there are going to happen. You're doing it right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm living in the moment. <laughs> I'm yeah. doing it. Yeah. I completely agree with that. So if you could add one more thing, maybe you missed or one thing you'd like to share with you know, a, a struggling teen or a parent, what would it be? I feel like that you're not alone. Um, that there are people out there that will take time to talk to you. And I like the suicide hotline about that also, but like just even getting out there, I wish I, w when I had the um, mindset of being just, um, when I found out that I was, um, had anxiety and I was depressed, I would have, I wish I would have gotten out there more and try to talk to people because I, I feel like once you get diagnosed with something or like someone's like, Oh, you're depressed. It's like, Oh, I'm depressed. Like I, I'm putting that in my mind and now I am that. I feel like when someone says you are that you will say that I am that. Mm -hmm. So I put that into existence that I kept saying, I am that I am that. And just knowing that you're not and setting like that, you got to set boundaries with yourself. I think just in the sense of knowing that, you're not what people tell you you are. Well, you can be depressed, but that doesn't mean that you have to stay depressed. Oh, yeah. Or you are, you know, things that that's the mindset, right? You it's, don't have to camp out there. Yeah. yeah. And I camped out there for a while. And mm. I think not for a while. It was years. And this just, you, you built walls and doors and. Yeah. yeah. And so knowing that, um, well, just seeing the person I am today and. Um, the person I was in ninth grade, um, seventh grade or COVID, it's just like, you can do it. And like, I've been through so much and knowing that I am the person I am today because I did step out there and I tried to talk to someone really helped me. And now you're talking to people right awesome. now. You're yes. doing it again. Yeah. yeah. And it feels really good. And it yeah. just, it's good to know. Like, I was so excited to come on here because I'm like, I can help people with my story because you did. I, I felt alone when I was growing up because I mean, at the time, and it's still not talked about a lot, just depression and anxiety. It's kind of just, um, not like a pushover, but it's kind of just like, Oh, you have it. Well, like I said, well, let's take you to the doctors. That's kind of what my mom did. So knowing that there are other people out there like me and that how I was and just, like I was, I was just telling my mom, I was like, ah, I want people to like talk to me hmm. and know that, um, I'm here also. And that it would, like, I wouldn't mind like people reaching out to talk to me. Like that would be amazing. So knowing that, like, know that you're not alone and that you can do hard things. Like I wish I, someone would have told me that because I was such in a mindset of, I can't do anything. I'm going to be depressed forever. And when you're in that state of mind, it's hard to get out of. It's hard to know that people are there for you. And like, I feel like hearing 
what I've been through, hopefully will kind of turn some th- things in your head that are like, oh, I'm not alone. I can do it and I will do it. I like that. I can and I will. There's Love a it. really good quote that's by Tony Robbins. He says, what you hold on your in your mind on a consistent basis is exactly what you will experience in life. And so just noticing what you're focusing on and shifting that like Brett and JJ were talking about that Raz will start to notice what's familiar in your life. And so you saying these affirmations, you doing these new things, you taking control of your life. That's huge. You did all of that. You took massive action, all of that. And what a beautiful thing, you know, and the greatest need is human connection is the need to be understood as well. And so you, you sought for so much connection said you know what I'm gonna find this in myself I'm gonna dive deep I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna find it and yet now you're helping other people do the same thing yeah I love that and I feel like you don't need to be picture perfect every day mm-hmm. it's not possible it doesn't exist nope yep. it doesn't <laughs> even with filters no yep. correct <laughs> and you know Janice we're we are so proud of you like yeah. so proud of you um they said you're so far uh, beyond When I I hold up the mirror, it's just like, wow, wow. you know, you're doing big, great things and you know, nowhere but forward to go really, because that's what you're focused on. And as long as you focus on those things, a promise, 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 they'll, they will happen. They will happen. And, you know, keep sharing your message, keep inspiring people and motivating people. And the more you do it, the more strength it'll give you to continue to do that and fight that fight. Because it is worth fighting, and the reason why it's worth fighting is because you're worth fighting for. Amen. Amen. What an honor. A complete honor to have you on tonight. Thank so. you guys for having me on here. Like, we appreciate it. I really like sharing my story and being able to do it on a platform that has already helped people so much. I'm like, this is just this is amazing. Like, thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening to the Empowering Youth Podcast. I'm JJ Chinowski. Rebecca Reeves. Bradley Briggs. And Brad Johnston. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. I'm JJ signing out. Respect, integrity, passion, personal power, leadership, enthusiasm. This has been the Empowering Youth Podcast. From Building Utah Youth. To become part of the 3%, visit Building Utah Youth on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or on our website at buildingutahyouth.com.